Jesus is well known for his metaphors and his parables, and this little seed is one of them. So, okay, so when, when I was in the Holy Land in 2019, we're going to go in, in 23, and I thank Father Bob for posting it in the bulletin, if you're interested. There's a little advertisement. Um, so when I was in the Holy Land, there was a gift shop, and there was a little, little jars on the shelf with what that looked like black pepper in it, like one little thing of black pepper. So I said to the, the uh, store manager, I said, what is this? He says, don't you read scripture? Now he's a Jew telling me, do I read scripture? Okay, yes I did, but I still know what this is. So he said, it's a mustard seed. What an impression that made on me, because Jesus talks about mustard seeds, but when do you see mustard seeds? Okay, you don't go in the marketplace and see mustard seeds. And indeed, that little jar <clears throat> had a little black thing in it, and that little thing was a mustard seed. I bought it, I put it on my shelf. I'm not going to plant it because, according to the scripture, it'll grow into a huge bush. And they do. So I looked at mustard seed trees, and they're, they're not trees so much as big, big bushes. Birds go in there all the time, so they're always filled with life. So maybe that's a good metaphor for us for today. I looked at the bulletin yesterday, the front page of it. It is dedicated to Vocations Week. This is prayer for Vocations Week, vocations to religious life. Men, women, priests, brothers, sisters, consecrated life, and this goes on. But people who, in, in secular terms, are in the business of serving the church, okay? But that business is not a business, that business is a ministry because it's directed from Jesus. And in many more ways than one, Jesus describes the work of a priest like the mustard seed. One man, one woman, doing their ministry, spreading the word, and it grows. And the apostles are a good example of that. So thinking of that and preparing this morning and reading the readings of the scriptures, I said, I don't know if it's coincidence, I don't know if the people who prepare the bulletin, the people who prepare the lectionary work in cahoots, doesn't really matter. The focus of Paul's letter to Titus, Titus was one of his converts, he seemed to have been a younger man, and did his bidding. Here, as, as Tom read, Paul is talking to Titus, describing himself as a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he's encouraging Titus to carry on the ministry that he left in his charge. So, so what is that? That's the beginning, you might say, of a parish life, beginning of a, a diocese. I mean, way before it actually happened, but you, you see the, the seed of it. He's sending Timothy to increase the faith of the people that Paul had already converted, and Titus is now ministering to. But this gets you. I mean, in, especially in the light of our recent history, I say recent, well, from the 1930s on, we have scandals regarding priests' misbehaviors, okay? But listen to the gospel, I mean, the, the scriptures. For this reason, I left you in Crete. Now, when you appoint presbyters to every town, so, so the equivalent of would be uh, a priest in every town, 
then eventually the priests every parish. But again, it's early. This is early, early, early. This is first century. The conditions of the presbyter, presbyter is the Greek word for priest. He must be blameless. Okay, according to the history of the times, married only once. That changed at the Council of Trent in 1500s. Priests would no longer get married, okay? And even that was a political decision, not a religious decision. It wasn't to, to, meant to keep people holy. It, 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 was, it was a practical decision. So a priest would serve his parish and not his family. That's why we don't marry, because our devotion, like, like Father Bob and Theo's so devotion, is to the church, this particular church, this parish. This is our family. I travel, but still, where I serve is my family. Do I have biological family? Of course, we all do. But the devotion and the Council of Trent's idea was whatever he does, do for the parish, not for his own family. And you know there are many ways to skim off the top and give it to somebody else. Have people been accused of that? Yes. That's why by the time the Council of Trent came around, the, the church has stopped. We've got to stop this kind of stuff. Priests have to be devoted to their parish as presbyters, and we can't have them marry because their devotion, if they're married, should be to their family, but we can't have that because then they're split, okay? The Protestants disagree with that, but that's their business. Married only once. Okay, so this is the man they're choosing. He has to be a man who's married once with believing children who are not accused of licentiousness or rebelliousness. So the example of the man of the family has to be a believer and pass his belief onto his children. And their behavior has to reflect his behavior, which is clean-cut, basically. Good, blameless. Okay, this is vocations week. So I'll say men. Men who are interested in the priesthood, and I, maybe some of you, but I don't know, your children or grandchildren might be, have to examine themselves, and, and really, none of us are worthy of this, okay? Because I wasn't, well, I was rebellious as a child, as a, as a high school, and, and into, into the, even into the seminary, but not crazy rebellious, just, just pain in the neck kind of rebelliousness. Um, but somehow, I always say, I'm a good example of vocations because if God wants you to be a priest he will push everything aside even your personality even your rebelliousness to make you a priest and I broke a lot of rules but in the seminary they had silly rules that made no attempt made no sense put the lights out at a certain time and go to sleep well I still don't do that but so the I mean rules like that no major rules no doctrinal or heretical rules, but I broke a lot of rules like that. And every time I broke a rule, I'd be disciplined, and then I'd go to my spiritual director, and thank, he was like a saint, because he would see me through it, let me know what I did, and give me responsibility afterwards, um, and then I'd go back, and I was on the track. And I got ordained, just like the way I was supposed to get ordained, with my classmates, and, and I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit guided those priests and guided the seminary to make me a priest. I'm not, you know, anything outstanding, but I think the Holy Spirit does that to all priests. He guides them almost despite their personalities sometimes. 
So that's why some priests are real pains in the neck and some priests are like antisocial. That's their own personality. But if for some reason God wanted him a priest, God made him a priest. God doesn't make mistakes. However, we're people and Satan loves people who are religious. Satan tries to influence us in many, many, many ways. And even you, you come here, you say your prayers, you pray to God. You don't think Satan's right here waiting for you to fall in some way? Always, always waiting for all of us to slip up in some way because he wants to be victorious. But we, we, tell, we tell Satan, go to hell. We return to God, we pray, we, we ask for forgiveness, we go to confession. Okay, the role of bishops, this is interesting. God's stewards. See now, again, you have the early setup of the, of the church, the, the historical uh, physical plant, you might say. The bishop is the steward of the presbyters, and the presbyters are the priests of the people. So we have the hierarchy being formed. Bishop's role must be blameless and not arrogant. That's quite a challenge. <laughs> I mean, this is just my personal, this is not theology. Sometimes I say, sometimes only in reference to certain bishops, when the crown goes up, when the mitre goes on their heads, sometimes their brains fly out. It's a sin to say, but it applies to certain bishops in, in our world, not all bishops. But all bishops are held to be blameless and not arrogant. They get the crown, they get the ring, and they become arrogant. Not all of them. There's so many, so many good, good bishops that, don't forget, they are the, the inheritors of the apostles. They are apostolic leaders. So bishops come from the apostles. And you know the apostles. They're all saints, except one. And the greatest one denied Jesus more than once. So even the apostles had their character flaws, flaws, and Jesus still chose them because he saw more in each one of us as he did them. The <laughs> bishop is not to be irritable, don't be a drunk, and don't be aggressive, and don't be greedy. Of course, but this applies to all Christians. But this is supposed to be a role model. And, and Paul is setting up the role models. It's amazing how our historical church goes back to the first century and, and the, the uh, guidelines still apply 20 centuries later. Bishop can't be irritable. Well, you know, none of us should be irritable. But some of us are pains in the neck. Some of us are irritable all the time. And I say to those of you who are, look inside. Look in the mirror and look inside. What's causing the irritability? What's, what's, what are you not in control of? Or what's bugging you? And don't take it out on the people around you. Go see a doctor, go see a therapist, go see a priest. And the irritability usually comes from, I think, in many people, lack of control. Not self-control, control. People want to control their lives and things around them. And when they can't, they get irritable. That's only one example. So, again, a position of a bishop in control of a lot of people geographically, 
and, and to the Holy Spirit, Paul was saying, you can't be irritable. And you can't be aggressive. And you can't be a drunk. And you can't be negative or greedy or inhospitable. It applies to all of us, but the greater responsibility in our church falls on the leaders of the church. Is it easy to become a bishop? There was a time, not, not too long ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who did become a bishop in Boston, when he was called by his local Vatican representative, the Pope wants to make you a bishop, and he said, all I could do is cry, because I felt not worthy. And then he said, I thought, why me? And I said, this is unofficial. I said, because we're running out of good candidates. So maybe you were the bottom of the barrel, but God chose you from the bottom of the barrel. Sarcastic and humorous, but authentic. See, people who are chosen to be bishop have to be self-aware and humble and hospitable and a lover of goodness, temperate, holy, self-controlled. See what Paul is saying to Titus? It applies to leaders of the church, but it applies to us too. So those of us who are grumpy and who are irritable, you know, get a life, grow up. The whole world is not centered around you, I would like to say. You know, if, you, if you're psychologically damaged in some way, good, let's refer. Therapist, priest, confession. But we are not in control of the world. Our mission is to be a member of the body of Christ with all of these characteristics, a lover of goodness, hospitable, self-controlled, temperate, non-judgmental. So it applies to the bishops, Again, when, you know, power goes to people's heads that makes them crazy, well, it could apply to some of them. Certainly has applied to our politicians. Power goes to their heads and they become terrible examples of living. But they are under the same guidelines as we are. And if they're not Catholic or not Christian, we can pray that the guidelines apply to them as well, especially now that we're right on the cusp of of elections. Pray for our leaders that they are temperate and non-drunks and non-self-centered and non-controlling and ill-mannered. It's, it's tough to be a, a person on top, man or woman. And maybe the metaphor of the bishop's brains flying out of their heads when they put the mitre on also applies to politicians. When they get into that role, the brains go flying out of the heads and all they can see is their own little world. We got to pray that they follow the guidelines of Titus, temperate, lover of people, and good. And we can line up right behind, right behind them.